Hey, everyone. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. Hey, this is Josh. It is June 8th, 2021. Checking in from Ottawa, where we're still in lockdown, with a little bit of good news in that the current lockdown rules are going to affect three days earlier than anticipated, which knocks Ooh. everything up where... I believe we were looking at July 26th as a comeback. So that is now up to July 23rd. Oof. And people, again, keep asking us questions, even though we don't know anything. But that number could go higher, could go lower. We hope everything just continues to stay healthy and safe and everyone getting their vac shots. And we'll see. But so now that date of July 23rd is on the horizon for stage three here in Ontario, which means cinemas can come back. Man. Yeah, I think it's two days from now they're doing phase one, or is it yeah. two? I'm confused. Phase one. Yeah, so, stage so phase one. one starts soon. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, good progress. doesn't affect us, but still, it's uh, nice. You know, people will be able to have a few people on a patio or do a couple other things. It's very confusing to keep track of what means what anymore, but... Yeah, especially when news is coming in from places all over the world where things have either gone terribly wrong or things are getting better. Like it's, it's not the same everywhere, of course, but down in the States, they're still rolling along with openings. I know Colbert in New York city right on Broadway is coming back on June 14th or 15th with a full 400 studio audience. Wow. And the rules going to be like a bus pass or like a passport. You're going to have to prove that you've gotten your, double vaccinations and then of course all of the crew and the band and colbert and all the guests will be the same but it's just so crazy to think that in a under a couple weeks god like a week ish stephen colbert's back to normal in new york city so so that's happening that's weird well and they've announced too that because the, the montreal canadians have somehow been insanely dominant and so they've announced that they will be able to cross the border without quarantining to play the third round of the playoffs, which is, I mean, doesn't really affect us in any way at all, but I'm like, well, that's nice of them, I guess. Are they actually going to their home stadiums or is it still a thing where they're like, okay, everybody's playing in New York or everyone's playing in LA? Well, I think it was like US was home stadiums, but then all the Canadian teams just played each other all year. So they played their home stadiums, but only in Canada. Oh man, see, I don't follow anything. So I didn't know that. I didn't know they went pure old school Canadian hockey straight up. So that's not to be a jerk, but that's why there will be a Canadian team in the final four, no matter what, because there has to be based on how things work, but that's what it was. So like, so basically like Toronto played Edmonton, you know, 30 times when normally they'd play them seven or eight times, maybe. So it was kind of interesting. Some people were sort of semi-critical of it because they're just, well, that's not really who's really the top teams if you're not really playing each other. And you're like, well, it's a pandemic. So maybe we'll go along with that. It's funny to think, though, too, because Canada is enormous. So if you've got Ottawa playing Vancouver, but then down in the States, what did they do? Like Southwest East kind of thing? or I think, yeah, I can't remember exactly how they split it up. I think it was fairly similar to what it normally would have been. It was just that they crammed every Canadian team into one conference and everyone else was like, oh, you're fine. That's interesting. Yeah. Shows you how much I follow sports that I did not know that at all. (laughs) Well, some people thought that's why the Leafs were especially dominant this year because they were destroying some might say lesser teams. <laughs> so like the senators, for example. Yeah. You, you don't hear much about the Ottawa senators this year. And there is a reason for that. 
but the point is it was just the pandemic i'm sure they'll be amazing next year and every year after well i'm such not a sports fan that a few years ago ottawa won the cfl championship the great cup and i did not know until i happened to be on my balcony or looking out my balcony and looked down and was like i wonder what that big school bus is doing out there i wonder what all this commotion is and then I, I swear to God, I saw the mayor and I saw a news crew and then I saw cheerleaders and then I saw a bunch of athletes holding a trophy. And my brain just went, oh, did we just win a championship? And <laughs> outside my front door was the start of the parade. And then it <laughs> went down my street, turned onto Bank Street and went down Bank Street. But that's that's how I found out. That's how much of a nerd I am, is that I didn't know anything about that happening. Which is hilarious because the stadium is a block from the Mayfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally every game night we were swamped with people in the streets. Yeah, that's the you can't argue it. This is a whole like I get it. I get why sports is good for a city in terms of jobs, in terms of revenue, in terms of good for restaurants, good for taxis, good for whatever. But sometimes you see the aftermath of like a soccer football game and you're just like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> this yeah, is just like... drunk jerks, basically. That was my thing. It was well, you too, you know, you're just trying to like bike home and it's just like there's no bike lanes. There's drunk stumbling lanes. And you're just trying to like, we hosted, I think we hosted, maybe it was the, when it was the Great Cup, but it was like a big deal. And I remember there was a ton of like limos on that side street near the stadium when you go like in a ways. It was just bizarre. Like it was so many people in such a small area. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? And why can't I go home at 11 o'clock at night or whatever it was closing up the main ferry? Didn't we have uh, like a Greg Sestero night, the night of the Grey Cup? Oh, wow. Yeah, there was. Yeah, the, I knew there was something. Yeah, because it was like, well, for our patrons, it didn't really matter as much. But it was like just trying to get there was just annoying as hell. Yeah, all the road closures and everything. Because we're down the street from the football stadium. Man, yeah, that was it was something. It, it is cool to see people passionate about stuff. But I'm just sort of like, well, they're like how I am with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and it's, it's tough to argue because... You know, you, you see a packed stadium and you're like, oh, that's all those people are having a good time. And most of them, most of them statistically are not going to go out and overturn mailboxes and pee in alleyways. That's a, that's a smaller group of them, you would hope. But as a business owner, a certain type of business owner, you see that and all you think is like, oh, my God, like that's going to be anyone who drives in from suburbia to go see a movie that night is going to have a hell of a time finding parking and there's going to be around, you know, 11 o'clock, a whole bunch of people trying to come in and asking to use the bathroom and just oh, just all this stuff. But you can't really complain because then you're just like, yeah, I get it. That's other people enjoying their thing. It's a bit of a hardship, but we survive. It's weird being the little artsy thing in the in the shadow of the, of the big sports right nearby. But yeah, there's a few um, movie talking points that I just noticed today by happenstance, a few interesting things. So one, it's the 37th anniversary of Ghostbusters today. June 8th is the actual date that it came out. Oh, that sounds like a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters today, like Munsters today. Ghostbusters today. That's the news program that tells you about what the Ghostbusters did that day. You would have definitely watched every episode of that. Well, you know how it's like, I, I forget who said this, but they talk about how when you're a kid, you don't, when you're a kid and you read about Batman, when you read about astronauts, when you read about people going to look for dinosaur bones in the desert, a lot of that is, oh, that's what I want to be when I grow up, whether that be an astronaut or Batman. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I would love to be a Ghostbuster. <laughs> like that would be. Of course. 
that'd be and it's a good you know it's a it's a weird profession because it's kind of like a blue collar job like ghostbusters seem to be kind of treated <laughs> like plumbers you know or like exterminators yeah people seem pretty blase about them sometimes <laughs> yeah but you get to fight ghosts yeah, which is, for some people, not a dream job. It's more of a nightmare, I guess. But the photon packs are pretty sweet. You know, I definitely want one of those. That's what I always thought. Cause, and I I do not dislike Paul Figg's Ghostbusters. I, I actually like it a lot. But I think its flaw, and I get it, but I think its flaw was it should have just been Ghostbusters of the Next Generation to more easily incorporate maybe one of those plot points of like, yeah, maybe now Ghostbusters is a franchise or, or maybe now they've been gone for 20 years because they got all the ghosts and these new characters are coming in to fight them again. But I thought that would have been a good plot point if X amount of years later we were in a world where it's a thing now and maybe these characters in the Paul Feig Ghostbusters could have been in a situation where things got crazy for the first time in 25 years or something. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle that in the new Ghostbusters, which is strangely in continuity where the other one wasn't. It's a, it's yeah. a weird thing that movies are doing more and more nowadays. Well, it's smart because it's, I mean, in general, it's smart. But I find it funny when it's something like Texas Chainsaw, which I think they've had two now that are direct sequels to the original. Not, not even including like Texas Chainsaw 2 but like ones that are straight up right after the first one. And you're like, okay, I get it. That could be fun. And then you're like, oh wait, this was a bad movie and uh, no one's going to remember this anyways. And like new Halloween, it's so confusing because there's three movies called Halloween, <laughs> but so new Halloween, is it official that they said like, yeah, we're pretending that there was only Halloween and Halloween two. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. And actually, like, even to a degree, like, Halloween 2 is kind of, like, I think it's, they're mostly going from the first one in some ways. Like, I love the second one, but I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, it should have ended. Like, they made it to have, like, spoiler, I guess, but they made it to have, like, him die. And, like, him and your boy there, <laughs> Dr. Loomis. Dr. But Loomis. It's, so it's like, in theory, like, and that's why they did the third one not having Michael Myers, because he's dead. He died. And then they come back with the fourth one. And they're like, oh, no, wait, no, he didn't die. <laughs> like, it wasn't, he's fine. It's amazing how quick they gave up on their concept. They were yeah. like, oh, bring him back, bring him back. Yeah, yeah, I think the second one is great. I don't know if I want to say I prefer it to the first one, but I think it stands next to it pretty nicely. Like much like Psycho 2, you know, it's, it's really kind of underrated, I think. Just because you come up after a classic, it's like, what are you going to do? But the concept was so great to just Halloween was now going to be a different scary movie every couple of years. So that there's only been one Twilight Zone movie, that there was only one Tales from the Dark Side movie, that there was two creep shows, but then that's it. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think creep show the third one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't exist. We right. took it out. Agreed. There's a third one? <laughs> well technically. But it's like they bought the rights to the name and then they just cranked out. I mean I, I know I know there's a third one. I'm just playing dumb because it's like <laughs> Well but like Tales from the Dark Side was supposed to be the third one. So like in my eyes, that's the real creep show three. So I mean I much rather respect that than that junker that Andrew and I agree now does not exist. <laughs> so I'm fine with that. Wait, did they change it just because they were like, Well, Creep Show two didn't make money, so we're gonna rebrand? I can't remember the exact, there was something kind of weird about it where like, maybe it was, yeah, that the second one just wasn't that big of a hit. And so they thought, well, you know, we've got Tales from the Dark Side, like the TV show or like, and you know, monsters and all that, the TV stuff. So I was like, well, okay, well maybe just branch off on that, you know? And 
Eh, it's funny. Like Tom Savini is pretty like adamant that it is Creepshow three in his opinion, and I'm like, hey, who, who am I going to argue with? You know, Tom Savini. Like that's not, not me. Someone just needs to make a poster and a DVD slipcase that just puts Creepshow three on it. You know, someone must have. That's a great idea. Just use the same poster with that cool monster or something, and just slap a Creepshow three on it, and there you go. Yeah, because it's pr- like I love Tales from the Dark Side. Like that's a that's a fun movie and and like great cast, obviously. And I remember that one vividly from childhood because like I think my brother rented it for a birthday or something, and then I, he would tell me about the stories, and I was like, oh wow, like because like the cat from Hell was supposed to be in Creepshow two, like the one from that movie. It was originally it was cut from that, so that's kind of a fun fact, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's one of my early theatrical horror movies where i can't remember how old i was i might have even been too young like to to be like 14a mm-hmm. but i might have been like 12 or 13 and just got to go see a 14a horror film which might have been r in in the states but i think in canada it was a bit lighter rating board on it but yeah mm-hmm. that's one of my early horror film memories is getting to see that on the big screen yeah that, it is it is cool i mean i'm a sucker for anthology movies obviously but but it's cool. Creepshow 2 was originally supposed to have five stories. So it was supposed to be like equal to Creepshow in a way. And then they cut. There was one about bowling that they never shot. And then they cut the cat from hell. And, and I'm, I'm assuming they were like, well, you can't have five stories for this one. And now you can't even have a third movie. One about bowling. There was supposed to be like zombie bowlers, basically. Like <laughs> they did the Arrow release uh, had a novelization or like a cartoon or like a comic book novelization, I guess maybe you'd say. And it came with just a little story, but it's pretty cool. Like the limited edition came with this little comic book, like right up Josh's alley. I love movie adaptations, comic books, especially. And little comic books. Tiny comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Like those tiny Marvel ones that you would get in the gumballs. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is kind of irritating as an adult, but fun idea. So starting this week, two movies went into production. Two part fives went into production. Indiana Jones 5 is filming as we speak. Really? Yeah. I knew they were I knew they were doing it. I just didn't know that they had started filming. And the funny bit of trivia which I read was that Harrison Ford is four years older than the kind of grandpa Indiana Jones that made a few appearances in the young Indiana Jones TV series. Mm. And mm. you look at that I haven't seen those forever, but I think there was just a couple scenes of him basically being like, oh, I had this adventure once and it would cut to teenage Indiana Jones. (laughs) But you look at 74-year-old Indy from the 90s versus what Harrison Ford looks like now, and it was a different actor. You're like, wow, uh, he looks way better than they thought he would look at this point. Yeah, I was wondering. It's so funny. Like like, Martin Short had a similar thing with that, too. And Clifford, I want to say. I can't remember. There was one where they like age him in makeup and he just looked horrific. (laughs) He kind of, not to be a jerk, but he looks semi-horrific what with the amount of plastic surgery but he's happy and he's quite rich so hey i'm not here to judge and it's funny because i mean i'm looking forward to this movie i like indiana jones but it's so bizarre that it's not steven spielberg but it's a director i really like yeah so we'll see how this turns out but we're gonna have an 80 year old indiana jones and mads is in it right oh yeah mads is in it i didn't imagine that right (laughs) yeah i don't know if he's the hero or the villain or what but yeah, Mads Mikkelsen's in it, which is always a... He plays his son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, forget about that other thing we were trying to do with the young guy. It's me now. And once upon a time, I would have been opposed to anybody but Harrison Ford doing Indiana Jones movies. But what really won me over was that I really liked the J.J. Abrams 
Star Trek cast, when Simon Pegg and Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto were playing those characters, that is what won me over of like, yeah, maybe in a couple more years, I could have somebody else playing Indiana Jones as a 30 year old or a 35 year old. I imagine Disney must be thinking of because you just look <laughs> at how many Star Wars they've made. Yeah. It must be on their brain to be like, yep, we got to make more Indiana Joneses. Man, they just rebooted the Rocketeers, so. Oh, man. Yeah, as a, as a cartoon show for children, but I mean, hey. It's so weird. That's just the weirdest thing. When I heard that, I was so excited, and then I'm like, it's a preschool TV show? Like, <laughs> And they could have just done a preschool TV show about a superhero. Why brand Rocketeer onto that? It's so strange. It's literally just the name recognition. Like it has to be. They're like, well, we got all these characters. I guess we're doing something. They were like, we can't afford to do a Wonder Woman or a Batman show, but maybe we can afford to buy the Rocketeer brand. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably won't watch that one. But uh, what's the other part five that's gone into production? On the same day, Indiana Jones 5 and Evil Dead 5 went into production. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead 5 is called Evil Dead Rises. Much like the previous Evil Dead, it's a a new, not a reboot, but just a new adventure in the Evil Dead world. Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are all producing it. It looks pretty cool. The director came out of, he did another horror movie that caught Sam Raimi's eye and that Mm -hmm. got him him the gig on this. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I, I, I did know. But and it's going to be, you know, of course, a lot of nerds are like, oh, I hope Ash has a cameo and that kind of thing. But I have a feeling Bruce might be like, no, I'm uh, done. Yeah, I could see him cameoing as not Ash. Maybe just he's in the background or something like that is for fun, you know, but. But he and Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi are very hands on. Like, this is not one of those executive producer things where it's just like they're slapping their name on it to help the brand. Mm-hmm. They're involved with the script. They're involved with picking the crew, even though. Some fans might have liked another Ash adventure. I was very impressed with the previous Evil Dead movie. It was Mm -hmm. really scary and full-blown. Like, I love Army of Darkness, but it definitely went back to its roots. Yeah. And I think this one will be similar. It's called Evil Dead Rise. I heard because it takes place in a high rise, which is kind of cool. And I like that its it's budget is like $12 million. So they're going that route, which I think is cool and smart don't spend a hundred million dollars on an evil dead movie spend 12 if you're lucky and make 40 or 50 uh, there you go you can make another one after that again well yeah you know it's making at least 40 or 50 you know like that's the thing like that's so those movies i mean the the budget needs to go into the effects that's it like no one really cares who's in them (laughs) yeah and i think the last one did well i think the last one might have made 80 or 100 million bucks so yeah like worldwide i think it it did like probably over 150 like it did very well for especially for the budget and i think the only reason there wasn't one sooner another evil dead sooner is just because sam raimi and company actually care about making a really good movie so they Mm -hmm. they waited to find a good director for them and waited to find a good script for them so yeah it's nice when people do that like i have nothing against franchises but you know, in, in the good old days of Friday Thirteenth or Freddy, like they were just making them as fast as they could. <laughs> yeah, well, and they were working on the TV show too for a couple of years, so I don't know if they just didn't want to pursue anything while they were doing that. Wasn't there a point where there was like a Friday the Thirteenth or a Freddy coming out yearly? Pretty much, Saw definitely was too. Like for a more more modern version of that, like that was without fail every year, and that that's like a fast turnaround to write it and have it not be awful. I mean, it was depending on your opinion of the Saw series, I guess. And those, I mean, I guess it's no different than doing a TV show. When you think a TV show at, even if you're round up and forget about commercials or whatever on traditional TV, but if you're like, 
if you're 20 episodes at half an hour at each, that's 10 hours of content. So doing mm-hmm. one 90 minute movie a year is way less. So definitely. I just looked up the guy's name is Lee Cronin and he directed a movie called the hole in the ground that mm-hmm. is the one that got everyone's attention that he uh, was doing some cool stuff. So yeah, I got to see that movie. I got to see hole in the ground. It was not, you know, a uh, classic or anything, but like the tone really good. And it's a really creepy movie. Like it's, I can see why uh, Sam Raimi would be into it. I like that about Sam too, is that you see he and Rob Tapper, they produce a lot of horror and it's, it's often that it's, it's somebody who has done a smaller film that they've spotted at a festival and gives them the graduation up to the next with a, with a grudge movie or something like that. Man, that's going to be a crazy phone call to get eh? <laughs> It's Sam Raimi. <laughs> Which is better than the good old days of like, oh, you directed a flashy music video here, do a movie. Yeah, and sometimes it works, and usually it doesn't work. Today, uh, before I forget, today is the release of the uh, George Romero movie that Long Lost. Yeah, I I really want to see that. It's on Shudder, which I don't have, so I'm in torture right now. But whoever has Shudder, go all for it, man. It's it's the day. We can't speak of the future, but we know that if made available to us two months from now, a month from now... I'm sure it would be something that even our fans who may have seen it on Shutter by then would like mm. that big screen experience. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. We we don't know. Considering that we screened the last two Canadian-produced George Romero zombie films mm-hmm. and that he made an introduction for us for one of those anyhow to play before it, I'm sure if we asked that we'd be able to screen it. So we'll just... We'll see. Maybe in August we'll get to do so. It's We commented before that it's actually only like an hour long. So mm. I'm curious if they tag on an introduction to that. Eric mentioned it would be great if they just tagged like a weird George Romero short from his past. Yeah, because like, he did a lot of commercials. Like it'd be pretty easy to put together 20, 30 minutes of some kind of content. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Unfortunately, it's the way things work is sometimes Shudder might at that point just be like, no, we want people to concentrate on us having it so Mm -hmm. because of this lockdown we may have missed that little window where we may have been given the opportunity to screen it but yeah it'll it'll be interesting we have no answers i'm wondering if it also too might be that they have like a lease for like a month or something and then they still continue to have it but it's not exclusivity after that because i've noticed stuff like that like i found it a little weird that the like the george romero foundation or whatever would just be like yep it's going on shutter and that's it like, here you go, Shudder. Like, it's, no offense to Shudder, but just, it's George Romero. Like, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, and, and that's what does save the Mayfair for this sort of thing versus the multiplex is that our capacity is 325. Most of the time, if we're happy to get between 50 people to 200 people is great. So if we were playing that for only two nights and 100 people came each night, we'd be like, yep, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas the multiplex has to worry about showing a movie four times a day, five times a day, seven days a week. So it's kind of a different beast where I don't think something like that would play at the multiplex, but play with us a bit better. Yeah, I don't even think they'd have interest, frankly. Like, just sort of like a 1971 lost hour-long movie. Like, yeah, we're going to be playing Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I always think about that where a different type of film, but a couple years ago, the Mayfair had the Ottawa premiere of the Roger Ebert documentary produced by Martin Scorsese, had a lot of buzz around it because it's Roger Ebert and the multiplexes didn't care. And we got it and did very well. That's why we can, we can live symbiotically with the multiplex is that we aren't 
playing Fast and the Furious movies and we're not playing Transformers movies and nothing wrong with that if you want to go see those, but just it works better in our favor because then they're busy screening those and we're busy screening the independent film and the Canadian film and the weird horror movie and all that kind of stuff. All the best though. All the best. I heard about one movie today. It's a TV movie, but man, I would love if Agfa did some kind of 4K re-release and we got to show something like this on the big screen. I'd never heard of this before, but it's a 1980 TV film called Once Upon a Spy. Great title. <laughs> but get this. The villain is Christopher Lee oh. and the hero is Ted Danson. Wow. Before Cheers, I guess. Yeah, it must have been like a year or two before Cheers, if I got my math right. Maybe even three years before Cheers. This would have been around the time he was doing like... <laughs> doing something else. Three Men and a Baby or whatever. That's way before that. Yeah, it's like, I can't remember times. Come on. I can't remember anything. That was at 93. I don't care. And he's in Creepshow. Uh, oh, see, there you go. More importantly. If you look at our Twitter feed, or if you just look up The Retroist, that's where I stole it from, is a, a website that I really love called The Retroist. He posted the TV Guide ad for it. And what a different world that once upon a time, original like Sunday night TV movies were these James Bond ripoff kind of things that were just on TV, you know, and it was... I guess maybe would go to VHS afterwards or something, but not theatrical, never on the big screen. It's just this thing that's kind of lost to the ages because I don't know. I don't know if it's available on DVD or anything like that. It might be one of those YouTube specials at, at best, like off someone's VHS, you know, ripped from TV because like most of those movies never even got a VHS release. Like that's what I find so fascinating about it. Like, we get lucky with some of the MOD stuff, you know, like Bad Ronald and, you know, whatever, but like Crowhaven Farm or whatever. There's so many that are just lost to time. And it, I mean, they might suck, but I don't know. I just find that stuff to be fascinating, even when it sucks, or maybe especially because it sucks. Oh, yeah. And no one cares about it. Those are one of the things on a YouTube type thing that I don't mind watching because you're like, I can't get it anywhere else. Like, yes. it's, it's not like tuning into to watch bootleg Simpsons episodes or something where you're like, well, that's pretty easily available everywhere. But yeah, stuff like this is just lost to the ages. Oh, I, I love when it's uploaded by some of the cast or the director themselves, where they're just straight up like, here you go. Enjoy. Enjoy my junk, you know? Yeah. No one else wants it. Yeah. Oh, I, I live for that. I mean, I could just, I could just like live on YouTube. I mean, it's not, <laughs> that would be my, my video games. I can't, I can't, I lose enough time as it is to questionable content. Yeah. So let's do some recommendations, or at yeah. least talking about stuff we saw in the last week. Speaking of questionable content. Andrew, did you see anything good in the last week or so? I watched Beyond the Valley of the Dolls again. Oh, oh yeah. Weekend. It's streaming on the Criterion channel. Of course. Yeah, it's uh, one of a kind, that movie. <laughs> oh, it's, I love it. I only saw it for the first time like three years ago, I think about that. I'd always heard of it, but I was like, it's actually awesome. Like, I, I love that movie. Is there an alternate universe where Roger Ebert wrote 20 of those? <laughs> yeah, he wrote Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens, which was Russ Meyer's last movie. And I think he had a hand in writing Super Vixens, which those two movies were made after Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. But not as good. No, not nearly. I mean, there's no way it could be as good. <laughs> Come on. No. Every once in a while, getting to see stuff of that era on screen at the Mayfair is just time travel. Like, it just it's just the best to see that on a big screen in an old style movie theater. The one I love is called Switchblade Sisters. That's kind mm -hmm. of of that era. And I've gotten to see it at the Mayfair and it's just 
it's just like, oh, yeah, this is why you have to go to the cinema and not just watch movies at home because you don't get this experience. Yeah. Well, and that's not, not even to speak of, of cinemas, you know, that are just like, oh, the vibe is so great. And, and it's a lot of people just couldn't possibly do it. Like they can't stay up that late. For any, I mean, no offense to Josh, who sometimes yeah. can't stay up that late. But <laughs> never. Yeah. Like the, the vibe of being even if you only go to one, I mean, it's, it's just such a unique experience. Eric, you got any recommendations? Yeah, I was just checking my list. Um, yeah, so I watched two pretty solid ones. So first of all, I rewatched Cube, which obviously we know is great. And it's still great. Good movie. That's like, I'm just in awe of what some people can do with one room and no budget. <laughs> Basically, like, it's pretty incredible. And I, I watched Cube 2 as well, which uh, not as good. But, but anyway, the other one that I watched was, the, I actually did watch the new Saw movie, which was, well, again, depending on your views of Saw movies, like, I, I thought it was quite good, like, one of the best of the series, probably, which seems like faint praise, but it just Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson, like, they really, like, they, it was legit, like, they actually were making a good movie. And, and, you know, I mean, there's, there's like some stuff you maybe you see coming or whatever you're not like it's not high art by any means but i really thought they did a great job considering uh so i'd recommend that does it stand on its own like if you've never seen a saw movie is it yeah. its own film i would say so like i mean they reference the, the jigsaw like they mention him but they're not like remember that time that jigsaw was doing this or whatever you know it's not like that intense but it's it, you definitely could go in just knowing that there was a jigsaw killer and that's it yeah, Chris Rock said he bumped into somebody involved in the Saw franchise and basically said, have you ever thought of doing a Saw movie that was a little bit funnier? And that was kind of what got the ball in motion. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because it's I, there's comedy, but it's definitely not, it doesn't stick out in a bad way, you know? Like, I, I was pretty surprised. And that's where I got confused that he had more involvement because I guess it's his fault the movie happened. Like, he was the light bulb, mm -hmm. but somebody else wrote and directed it. But I, I, yeah. I somehow read early on that he directed it as well. But I think that was just bad internet journalism because because he has directed films before, but yeah, not this one. We were just really excited. Yeah. What have you watched? I watched, I'm not watching movies. I'm watching a ton of Mystery Science Theater, which is movies. But I actually watched one film this last week. So I might not recommend it per se but it is an interesting point of conversation so i love watching old 80s movies that i've never heard of and they just seem to keep coming there's so many out there that are little hidden weird gems so i watched this movie called the wraith oh i've heard of this oh the wraith yeah yeah with uh, charlie sheen yeah charlie sheen and Sherilyn finn and a younger not lunatic randy quaid <laughs> not yet <laughs> It's just such a weird movie. It's very 80s. Like it mm -hmm. feels like Footloose or Karate Kid. Like it has that vibe. And the plot is Charlie Sheen motorbikes into this little one horse town. And there's a bunch of bullies. And Sherilyn Fane has a horrible boyfriend. So at the same time, a mysterious Knight Rider car and a astronaut looking driver come into town. And they do like the drag racing thing. But he proceeds to revenge kill this group of bullies. So it's this weird mix of like a Charles Bronson movie and a Karate Kid movie. But it has just that John Carpenter soundtrack and a ton of 80s music and gratuitous nudity. And all the kids hang out at this burger joint like American Graffiti. <laughs> And there's no grown-ups. Like, there's cops. There's, you see about half a dozen cops. 
But besides for that, you never see parents. You never see like a grown up manager of the restaurant. I couldn't figure out if they were supposed to be on summer break or if they were 25. It was <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. And it's like this weird revenge thing where it could have just been like a lighthearted last starfighter kind of thing. But I really enjoyed watching it. It was really fun of its time. 1980s kind of sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. It's worth seeing. Yeah. It's a little like Nightmare Beach, but like maybe a little bit more lighthearted, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of movies like that in the 80s where there's sure. uh, like go go after the bully, revenge against the bullies. <laughs> yeah, wear a helmet and kill a guy. You're like, ah, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, and I think it was just like to appease nerds in the audience. Nerds would go to it and be like, yeah, get the bully. <laughs> I could kill a guy someday. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same thing of like a movie like Falling Down or anything. Yeah. The Charles Bronson movies. It was supposed to appeal to people who were scared watching the hero kill a bunch of people when they didn't necessarily want to kill people themselves, but it was that kind of revenge release, I guess. Yeah. But no, it was, it was fun to watch. I always like stumbling on these 1980s films. Yeah. That's a fun flick. Okay. So let's uh, wrap this up for the week. Thanks for listening, everybody. As we mentioned before, we're now looking at July 23rd as this date on the horizon of maybe we'll get to be back sometime around then. As we get updates, we'll let you know. But if you keep your eye on the news, you'll know at the exact same time that we do. But we're always updating Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and our website. And you can stay tuned there for updates on our Mayfair Virtual Cinema, where we have a few offerings and any kind of weird little fundraisers we're doing like selling 35 millimeter trailers or renting out the marquee doing all kinds of stuff like that during these lockdown times so thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week on the mayfair lockdown podcast bye for now bye well i hope the fun twist of evil dead 5 is that it turns out ash is played by nicholas cage <laughs> could you imagine him in that universe he should play his brother Oh, man, that'd be so good. Ah, oh, you know, Ash, oh, here's me, Bash, or something. I'm down for this. Bash. <laughs> It'd make millions. I need this in my life. I need to watch The Wraith also, again. <laughs> you reminded me. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He is a phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Uh, are you new in town? Yeah. Who's the kid? I turned my back and the next second he was there. Like magic almost. You ever seen one of those before? Nah, let's just add it to our collection. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. Hold on! Grab the shotgun, Mama Luca. evil spirit and it ain't cool what are you doing Packard, stop get in the car what are you doing man you get out of my face burger boy you wind up dead like your brother hey who is that guy i don't know but whoever he was he's weird and ticked off i see his eyes loomis who are you If you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to fear.